Ready to rock? Rock and roll. All right. We're going episode... Ventinove! You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. It is absolutely popping off. Do you know what we call that sometimes? Dick High Fun Balls. And Anthony Rinaldi. I'm going to say something crazy. How about peeing like a dog? Oh, at the buzzer. Oh, he missed it. Oh, oh, gee. The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, and with me, my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Hey, Drew. How are you? I'm doing great. We are in the DAB studios here at Digme Nation, and we want you to remember that Digme Nation is the official sponsor of the Double A Balls podcast. Head on over to DigmeNation.com. Get the hats, get the t-shirts, get the gear. It's some of the best stuff on the market. That's DigmeNation.com. Well, football has found a way to hit the headlines, even in the summertime, Anthony. And we'll get to the Hall of Fame in baseball. We'll get to the trades. We'll get to your Yankees. We'll get to everything going on in the second half. But right now, I want to talk football because Sam Darnold finally reported to Jets camp, but there are some pretty big veterans that still have not reported to camp. dun 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 Football season, Andrew. I'm excited. Fires you up. My New York football giant, Saquon. Got my jersey ready. Got my son a onesie. But even threw a white jersey at the wife. She's going to have a Saquon. The house that Saquon built, Andrew, is going to be hell of a 2018 season. And believe it or not, the Jets signed their quarterback. Hey, look at that. Even the Jets found a way to screw up signing. Mr. Sam Darnold, who fell in their lap, Andrew. Is that not the most ridiculous thing in the entire world? He's the third overall pick. You moved up. And you're telling me that there's a holdout based off of minute contract details on how much money the kid gets if you cut him after four years? That blows my mind because if you're cutting him after four years, you probably, A, aren't the general manager or the head coach anymore, or B, are about to not be the general manager or the head coach anymore. I mean, listen, Andrew. $20 $20 million signing bonus for the kid. Not too bad. And he's getting it in one lump sum. That's what I'm saying. Not too bad. I think that was what the, what the holdup was. Was it $18 million you want to give him or was it 20 You know. Do you get that like Randy Moss and go straight cash, homie? Or are you getting that deposited into your bank account? You get that. Who was that duck? Had the vault. And he screws it. Scrooge. He dove, he dove in with the, the coins. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting a vault. With unmarked single dollar bills, Andrew. Or I might get a happy Gilmore gigantic check. And just walk into the bank and say, hey, can, can, you, can you check this for me? Like, are you serious? Are you serious? Why are you serious about your excitement for the Giants? Because this is the first time in a while I feel like people are excited to go into Giants camp. And it's not because they're necessarily a perennial Super Bowl contender. But it's probably because of the guy you mentioned before in Saquon Barkley. But the fact that there's a new head coach in town. Eli Manning is back to being the franchise quarterback. You've retooled the offensive line. And people seem to be excited 
about where this team is going. And oh, by the way, Odell Beckham Jr., arguably the best player in the league, is healthy and ready to rock. I mean, you nailed every single aspect of the Giants on the head, Andrew. I love the moves we made getting Nate Solder. Obviously, health is going to be a big issue with the offensive line. If that line stays healthy, I'm not going to guarantee anything crazy because, you know, obviously football, anything can happen. Obviously, health is a big issue. You lost Odell. Season went down. I mean, we were down the drain anyway. I think we were on four at the time. But, I mean, with somebody as dynamic as Odell, you got to find ways to get, get that man the ball. We have Evan Ingram, kind of a flex tight end position. He's kind of the wide receiver role. Sterling Shepard's coming back. Saquon Barkley adds a whole different dynamic to a running game that the Giants haven't had in years. And I think defensively, yeah, we have some holes. D-line, you know, trading away. Uh, JPP kind of is an interesting move. But, I mean, I'm hearing great things out of Olivier Vernon at a camp. is just straight, you know, crushing it. Obviously, they're four days in, Andrew. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. But, you know, we signed some veteran linebackers, which I like. And the secondary last year was kind of the issue. A bunch of knuckleheads. Eli Apple, Janoris Jenkins, you know, everyone's talking smack. Landon Collins gets a little bit banged up. He's ready to come back. He's full strength this year. No, no setbacks at the start of camp, which is nice. So the defense is there, Andrew. We have a dynamic offense. And when I heard Eli talk today on the ESPN show, because they were there, I think, all day today, he was talking about how he, he sees it as he's still got years left, Andrew. And I think if you could get Eli, let me look at Tom Brady. He wants to play this 45. Eli's turning 37. I think he's got three to five good years left in him. And with this core of an offense, Andrew, I mean, besides, I mean, listen, the Eagles are going to be tough. Washington, Alex Smith, that's going to be tough. Cowboys are tough. That's a tough division, Andrew. But I like my chances with number 26. And I think it's something like since 2004, there hasn't been a repeat winner in the NFC East. So really, for anybody to come into this division and just believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are automatically going to come and win. Now, listen. Do you probably put them in the number one spot in terms of team in the NFC East that you give the upper hand to right now during training camp? Sure, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. It's the same argument we have with the Houston Astros. They're going to stay number one on the Anthony Rinaldi power rankings until somebody knocks them off the top of the mountain. So the same thing goes for the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. And I agree. I think Saquon Barkley adds a different dynamic to that offense and for me, what I just want to see is consistency on both sides of the ball. Because I don't think I've seen that from the New York Giants in a really long time. Even the years they won the Super Bowl, there was never consistency on both sides of the ball. There was always a great defense for both years that they won the Super Bowl. And then, yeah, the running game came on when it needed to. And Eli made plays when he needed to. But for the most part, it was a lopsided attack for both of those Super Bowl runs. Recently, you've seen the same thing. Hey, the Giants are a really good offense. They can't stop anybody on defense. Hey, the Giants are a really good defense. All of a sudden, the offense can't show up. Eli Manning has 1.5 seconds to throw the football, and then all of a sudden, the whole thing falls apart. You haven't had that consistency in a long time. I think Saquon Barkley adds that, but if that receiving core can stay healthy and that offensive line can prove to work and Flowers... Move to the right side can prove to be a good move because, really, do you know what you're getting from him? And if that offensive line can't stick and those receivers can't stay healthy and Saquon Barkley can't, doesn't have the opportunity to do what he can do, and on top of that, Eli Manning has no time, it's going to be a really rough year for the New York Giants. 
You know what happens, Andrew, up here in the Northeast, or you know, the December, January months? It's cold. And you need a running game, Andrew. Need you need a solid and defense. And a tough defense. That's it. And the Giants made enough moves, I think, defensively. Like I said, we got the leaders. We got Snacks Harrison. We got Olivier Vernon, veteran linebackers. We got Janoris Jenkins. Hopefully everything with his brother clears up. You know, obviously his head's going to be a little... And like like you said, it's all, it's all about health. And obviously nobody knows. NFC East is, is, is a gauntlet. Minnesota out there, NFC West, that's going to be a hell of a team. They also got... I mean, look at that. Carolina, New Orleans, Falcons, your boy Julio. He's a, he's a happier man now. He got paid a little bit more. A little bit more cheddar coming his way, so he's going to show up a little bit happy. So, I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers, if that dude healthy. stays healthy, I mean, I don't know what they got around him receiving-wise, obviously, because Jordy shipped up off to Oakland. Very interesting offseason for so, the uh, And he's not, even talking, he's not talking right now about nope. his contract because he's going to get, you know, $40 million, something Absolutely. crazy. So, 40, 40 mil a year. I'll give him $80 million two years. So you're talking about QBs. You mentioned some new QBs in new places. You mentioned Alex Smith. You just mentioned the Minnesota Vikings, of course. Obviously, they have Kirk Cousins now, okay? I want to list off a few QBs in new places, and I just want you to give me your idea on if you feel like they're going to succeed or not. And out of this group of guys who you think ends up being the most successful, and I'm not talking about tenure. I'm not talking about Super Bowls. What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately in relative terms? Okay, first guy is the first one you mentioned, Alex Smith in Washington. The second guy, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Third, Case Keenum in Denver. Fourth, Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. And I only put this in there because it's his first full season as a starter, and it's his first full season going through training camp and everything else with the the 49ers. And then the fifth one is a wild card, A.J. McCarron in Buffalo. Because I don't believe Josh Allen is going to be the starter coming out of camp. Someone, I think A.J. McCarron needs to throw Josh Allen through a table, Bills Mafia style, get the season started off right. Keenum and Denver. I, forget, I forgot he went to Denver, man. I and I think that's that, a great opportunity. That, that is a great opportunity. Demarius Thomas still out there. Think, what, think about what he did in Minnesota last year, and then think about how the team in Denver almost mirrors that build. Right. You know what they were just lacking was that steady quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. And Alex Smith probably would have excelled in Denver as well. Like yeah, you McCarron, Garoppolo, Cousins, Smith, Keenum. So I went Cousins, Keenum, Smith, Garoppolo, McCarron. Give me that. Just because Garoppolo's too busy hooking up at Born Stars to focus about football. Niners aren't there yet, Andrew. They lost a lot on defense. So you think that was a fallacy last year the, at the end the, of the year? End of the run of the five, what are they, five wins? Yep. I mean, listen, that that Seattle, they're, they're a, they're a, they're a, who knows, they're a, a dumpster fire right now. They are out of control. But the Rams Arizona, they're they're on the come. They're they're kind of lying in the weeds. They're nothing there yet. L. A. But the Rams are good. L. A. is good for one or two years. But but you have they to gotta pay Aaron Donald. You gotta pay him. And somebody after our, him after our podcast last week, we we come out and they signed two more guys. Todd Gurley being one of them to ridiculous extensions. So it's unreal to think that. So many guys moved around. So many names that, in a time when there you, the franchise quarterback isn't really there anymore. The guys that we always mention, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Breeses, the Philip Rivers, the Eli Mannings. We mentioned the same five, six, seven guys that we've been mentioning for eight, nine, ten years. No one has really come along per se, and has stuck for an extended period of time. Maybe Cam Newton has. You can put Cam Newton in that category. 
you're you can put Alex Smith kind of in that category with his years with the Chiefs. But again, that's a three four year run. But what they win, so he's bouncing at, around now. At the end of the day, you don't normally see it. Andrew Kirk Luck. Cousins, right? There's 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 a crop. But what has right. Andrew Luck done? There's a crop. Listen, everybody loves everybody's on Andrew Jock, uh, Andrew Luck's jock. Like he's the next coming. I mean, I get it. He was great in Stanford. He had he literally brought. He's he's kind of like the LeBron James of football. He brings a lot of crap to to the playoffs. I mean, look what Indianapolis has been when he's not there. And he they, brought them to the AFC title game. I think what two years ago. They are literally a dumpster fire without number twelve. Twelve back there. Good call. Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton. I would say Mar- Mariota, if Winston can stay out of jail at Knucklehead, those well, ca- those kind of those kind of guys are your next crop. The ones that we're going to keep talking about, probably Garoppolo in San Francisco. But that and that's what I want to see this year. But that's but that's what's Goff, interesting. Jared Goff's the year number three right. now. He had a hell of a year number two. So I mean, like I said, obviously, LA's all, they're all in with this with this model of don't got to pay your quarterback. You know, they're taking the Seattle. You know, they didn't pay Russell Wilson, so Seattle had that three five year window where they just dominated. Yeah. So you can see L.A., they're putting all the chips in their basket. But, I mean, listen, Aaron Donald, he is the face of your defense. You sign a bunch of people on defense, a bunch of big names, which always doesn't pan out in the NFL, Andrew. If you notice, you're in Dominican Sioux. You, still, you saw first town, uh, firsthand down in Miami how a big name like that, big contract, really didn't work out. Uh, you bring in another kid, Marcus Peters. You bring in... Uh, Sue. The character of the person also needs to come and play in that conversation. And that was what pissed me off about the Indomitian Sue conversation. We're trying to change the culture of an organization, and we're going to bring in a guy that's stomping on people's arms and is doing just stupid things that don't represent himself and the organization the, the appropriate way. And I think this year, more than ever, and you could, after this season, you probably throw Deshaun Watson into that conversation, but this year, more than ever, I feel like eyes are on all 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. For some reason, the quarterback position has always been the highest thought of position, I think, in all professional sports. It is the one guy that can legitimately make or break an entire NFL team. We've seen teams think they could win the Super Bowl, lose their quarterback, and not even make the playoffs. That's how important the position is. This year more than ever... There's conversation about quarterbacks, and I think the reason is there were four highly talented guys in the top ten drafted this year, plus a Lamar Jackson in this was the second to last pick in the first round. The five quarterbacks in the first round. There are five quarterbacks, big names: Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and I obviously put him in there. Ryan Tannehill, Dak Prescott, coming off of injuries. Right, that's ten right there. Plus, you have the stories of the Eli Manning. He had the situation he had last year. The Philip Rivers has never won a Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. How long is he going to play for? So my point is, for this year, the quarterback has absolutely been um, in the forefront, and I think that's what makes this NFL season so exciting because there's so many things you could see happen across the board. You brought something up to me early in our little precast discussion about how this is the first time in New York that there are two franchise quarterbacks. And I feel like one 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 team was searching for their franchise quarterback, and you see what you kind of do when you try to plug in a veteran year after year and it doesn't seem to work out for the Jets. 
you know, why they stumbled on the contract language to sign the kid, but he's in camp. He's gonna. He's probably not gonna be a starter. I think Teddy Bridgewater is gonna surprise a lot of people out of camp. Today, Todd Bowles came out and said on ESPN Radio that it's Josh McCown's job to lose. And I think he'll lose it gracefully and, and step aside and almost willing to be that ten million dollar head coach, appropriate quarterback coach, theoretically. And you know, it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be different spectrums because you see Sam Darnold starting his career. Eli Manning is obviously on the back nine, and to see if the Giants made a huge mistake by not drafting Sam Darnold. Because obviously he was kind of that can't-miss quarterback, the most NFL-ready quarterback at, at, at that pick. You know, I thought the Browns were going there, number one. I really did. And I, I knew when, I think when, the Giants kept talking, when the Giants kept talking about Saquon, they weren't joking. He really was – Saquon was his guy. Gettleman was like, Saquon's my guy. And he drafted him. So I was kind of – and literally, the Jets, McCagney, I think, tripped up the stairs, handing Goodell the card that read Sam Darnold. At least, you know, that's what he should have done. Well, that because that's what you need. About the holdout part of the situation, because when that pick came up and he was still on the board, you're sitting there going, I mean, if even a second comes off the clock before the Jets hand in their card, I'll be surprised. Because no matter who was at that spot that wasn't the Giants or the Browns, they were taking Sam Darnold in that moment. And I think. The Jets, now that they have him in camp, yeah, he misses four days. Yeah, we talked about that, right? Oh, how much does he miss? At the end of the day, he misses a little bit of time. But he's there. The whole team slow clapped him when he got on the field today. They love him. You listen to all of them talk about him. They're all excited to have him in there. You listen to them talk about Teddy Bridgewater. He looks good. He looks healthy. He passed all the physicals. He passed all the conditioning tests. So it's going to be an interesting quarterback's battle. In New York. Now, out of those quarterbacks coming off of injury, who do you think is bouncing back? Who do I think is going to bounce back? Deshaun Watson. It's Clemson. Stud. I think he's, uh, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. If, if, that, if that knee's right, I think he's comeback player of the year. Call it right now, Andrew. July 30th. I like that. 2018. Comeback player of the year. Oh, I, think if, I, I think if the Eagles are smart, they don't bring Carson Wentz back right away. Right away. Or, I mean, comeback play. What if Andrew Luck has a hell of a year? Well, I think. Dude hasn't thrown a football in, what, 18 months? Yeah. We haven't seen him. He's throwing nerf footballs now. That's the other thing. To my son. That's where preseason becomes important because Andrew Luck hasn't been in that action in over a year. Finally gave him an offensive line. How long did it take to protect him, right? Hopefully he has a running game now. Well, listen, you you fell back to number six, willingly traded with the Jets. He drafted a stud out of Notre Dame. And we'll see. I mean, listen, you, you got to protect your asset. And like you said, quarterback, there's only 32 of them. And probably what, maybe 12 of them, uh, 12, a dozen, I'll give you a baker's dozen, are actually legitimate game changers. And the rest are kind of either on that pedestal on the way up or they're, you know, kind of like Eli Manning could give you 26 and 19, maybe 3,800 uh, 3, yards. That's all I'm looking for. Ain't nothing crazy. And that's, I think, what every NFL team is really looking for. All right, before we get going from football, Ant, there are, it seems to be the years now where the players control the narrative. And in basketball, that's led to, quote-unquote, people making super teams. And in football, that is translated to holdouts. Because there's not as much guaranteed money in football, kind of the way the player can put the ball in the court of the owners and the organization 
is by holding out and not coming to camp, okay? What feels like to me is the narrative every training camp for the last few years is there's always big names holding out and there's always teams that don't want to pay these players. I understand that the shelf life in the NFL is not long, but why, Anthony, do these owners so badly not want to treat the players in the NFL the appropriate way and just budge a little bit? A little bit more guaranteed money. A little less debating on stupid stuff where the player who is really now you're learning putting their life on the line every day for that guy's bottom line seems to kind of be getting screwed in the end. And now it turns into the day and age where we hold out and try and get contract money two or three years before our contract's even up. NFL owners, Andrew, I believe, get a check We're at the beginning of every year before it even opened the gate to your stadium, $255 million, I believe, is what that $8 billion revenue, you know, NFL's on a downswing type of uh, curse that they have. And yes, Andrew, there's no budging when it comes to contract talk. And the player's only leverage is to hold out. And you see it, players want more money. Julio Jones, I'm not coming to camp. I'm not coming to camp. They worked out a little deal. They threw him a little extra coin. He shows up to camp. Odell's on the last year of his rookie contract. Aaron Donald on the last year of his rookie contract as well. You know, listen, he's getting six, six, not maybe seven million dollars this year. Respectable money, but not for a guy who I think was defensive player of the year last year. So he wants to make, you know, he's made ten million dollars in, in four years, and he's put up monster numbers in those four years. And NFL's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? But you know what? They, look, some guys get that fat paycheck and they kind of sit in their laurels. Albert Hainsworth. You know, you pay him $300 million and the dude's a bump. In Dominican Sue, you just said. In Sue, like I just mentioned, you're right. So some owners are reluctant to pay, you know, the guy for what he did, Andrew. You know, it's unfortunate that, same thing with running backs, Le'Veon Bell, he keeps getting franchise tagged. It's, he's, putting, he's putting up great numbers every year, and he's betting on himself every year. But teams are afraid to give a, a, a player who's, even a, D, a D-end like Aaron Donald, a D-line, they're in the trenches. They're getting banged. By big dudes every single play, Andrew. There's a lot of wear and tear. So owners are reluctant to give out the fat contract to somebody who plays a kind of volatile position. So I don't see an impasse. 2021, Andrew, new CBA. The players are going to have to hold out. I foresee that. That's going to be the only issue. That's the only thing they can do. Because they have to rework to get that guaranteed contract. But the problem is... But I think you'll see more guaranteed contracts. Kirk Cousins, the first one here. I think your boy Aaron Rodgers... When they sit down to work it out, they go to the table. They're going to bring in that Wisconsin cheddar. No pun intended there, Andrew. They're going to start giving out guaranteed contracts. I think you'll see Aaron Donald. If he, if, I think he may get a guaranteed contract. Give him th- three years, $60 million. Yeah, I mean, but you're, you're talking mainly about quarterbacks, which makes the most sense. So my argument to that would be they're giving the money to, to guys in the trenches. They're just giving them to offensive linemen. You saw two high-profile offensive linemen get big $60, $70 million contracts, maybe even more, in the last week. And you're saying, why? That's because they're protecting the quarterback. And then you see the offensive weapons, the guys that are scoring the touchdowns, starting to get contracts. And I think that's the way it's swinging, is you're right. Contracts are going to probably go a little bit more guaranteed, but it's going to go more guaranteed for the offensive side of the ball. I really do believe that, because at the end of the day, we all love great defense, 
and we loved watching a Von Miller, we loved watching a Michael Strahan, and we loved watching a Warren Sapp, and a, and a Ray Lewis, and and an Ed Reed, and, and and a Dawkins, and all those guys. We loved watching them on defense. But at the end of the day, offense is what sells tickets. Defense is what wins you championships. We all understand that. So the owners understand that the most important guy in the field is the quarterback. So we got to pay him and the offensive lineman. Then it's the guys the quarterback has to throw to or hand the ball to, and the offensive linemen also have to protect. And then it's the guys on the other side of the ball. And I think more and more now we're seeing defensive players, to your point, guys in the trenches, but more so defensively because think about it. They're running into the contact. The offensive players are trying to avoid the contact. So the shelf life on a defensive player is probably more so less than the offensive guy nowadays because you can't just run across the middle and lay a dude out because you won't even you won't just get a flag. Brian Dawkins made a career out of that. Yeah, you won't just get a flag. You'll get suspended, thrown out, and, and whatever the case is, right? So it, it's just an interesting – that's just the way I see it is that those offensive guys are going to start getting that money. But at the end of the day, I don't know how guaranteed it's going to be, but the defensive players – and you look at it. Earl Thomas holding out. Khalil Mack holding out. Aaron Donald holding out. These are key players on the defensive side of the football for teams that have a chance to compete for a playoff spot, not in camp. And possibly what it looks to be not going to be in camp for a while, who are also probably considered leaders on your ball club. To me, it's just kind of gotten a little ridiculous on the way. And the whole national anthem thing shows that. Did the owners speak to the players? No. They made the decision on their own. That, there was a conference call, wasn't there, Andrew? Maybe they dialed the wrong number. But you said, I think the only person out of that whole list you said, I think, who, who carries a big stick is Khalil Mack. Because he's put up the constant numbers. He is the face of the Oakland defense. They have Super Bowl aspirations. They signed a $100 million Coach. Ridiculous. Coach, Andrew. You should make that in baseball. You should ask your manager. You should ask your employer. $100 million. Sad part is I bet Nick Saban still makes more. <laughs> uh, who knows? Um, Khalil Mack, he can hold out as long as he wants. Because I think the Oakland, Oakland will cave and have to pay him that handsome what he's asking. Because he is, like I said, he's the face of that defense. He is what makes that defense go. And Aaron Donald, like I said, he's going to get paid. The Rams know they got to pay him. The Rams have a two to three year window where Goff is still on that rookie contract. They now's the time to pay him. Let's go. Who was the third? Uh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. He he wants to be traded. Uh, unfortunately, I think he's coming. Well, he's coming you, to NFC East, Andrew. Really? I have a feeling he's coming to the Cowboys. If you think about that's it, that's gonna scare me. That entire legion boom, boom gone. gone, gone. And Jermaine Curse was talking about it today, and I think it was Rosenberg that brought it up and said, if you think about. Those teams that we looked at and said, wow, the Seahawks are here. Wow, look at this defense. What is it, four years? Done. That is how quick the window is in the NFL. That is how quick it is. And that is why, to bring this whole conversation full circle, that is why the Giants and the Giants fans should be excited about this year. Because, you know what? You're still somehow in a window of Eli Manning. I don't know how it's possible. Gumby, Andrew. I don't Gumby. know what Doesn't it is. Doesn't get hurt. But you and I Not both know if right now someone came to you and said, Anthony, here's the deal. The Giants are going to finish 9-7. and seven. 
They're going to play in the wild card game on the road. They won't get a home playoff game. But I don't know what the numbers will be. Eli Manning will show up and be Eli Manning in the playoffs. You and everybody else in America that is a Giants fan would sign up for that right this second. Without a doubt. No matter what happened last year. Give the Giants a chance. Wild card. See what happens. But that's it. The window in the NFL is so small that you have to look at that and say, you know what? The Giants are actually pretty smart. Because I'm going to argue that in a year, maybe two years, there's going to be another Sam Darnold. There's going to be another Baker Mayfield. Another Lamar Jackson. Another first-round talent that you'll find. And hey, if they're not good this year... Guess what, guys? They're going to be in the top 10 of the draft next year anyways. That's it. That's it. So then they can just go find somebody in that area. And I get it. Oh, look what happens. You have to get this guy now. The fact of the matter is there are more busts in the NFL than there probably are success stories. Because for every one guy that is a 32-team starter, because that's only out, there are only 32 starting jobs in the NFL, that's it. there's probably 100 that were on the rosters, that had been drafted, that had been taken, that could have been the guy, that was the guy. that We talked about a few guys. Jamarcus Russell, first guy that comes to my mind. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's plenty more. Ryan Leafs to go, I mean, the whole Browns organization, to go down the list. Last 25 years. Andrew, there was, I mean, listen, you, you hit it on the head before when you mentioned how defense, I mean, listen, it's, a, it's an offensive game, Andrew. Uh-huh. You know, without a doubt that the player... Players are asking referees in camp, you know, what is a penalty? What can we, where can we hit them? How do we hit them? And listen, the answer is we don't know yet because the offensive player doesn't want that, that, you know, doesn't want to take that low blow, Andrew. You saw Larry Fitzgerald. I will pay your fine. Hit me up high. Don't go low. That is my, the, the legs of my, my moneymaker. Average NFL lifespan, I think, is three and a half years besides the crazy, Amount of, you know, to, to every Tom Brady and Eli Manning, there's dudes like Kajana Carter, Jamarcus Russell out of the league in one, two years, blows a knee out, never, never, never heard from him again. You know what I mean? So, I mean, NFL, there's a lot of money to be given out. 2021, the CBA, they got to get rid of Goodell's, you know, power stick, you know, as the judge, juror, and executioner. They got to kind of separate that. They got to work in some more guaranteed contracts, you know, and honestly, I mean, I just can't wait. September, Andrew. Maybe my what do you got pick should be the Hall of Fame game. Thursday, Andrew. Actual football and pads. Can't wait. I hope it's not. Before we keep going here, we are going to remind you that you need to get us on Twitter and on Instagram. Social media blitz. It is Dab Podcast on both. And, of course, visit the website, DAABpodcast.com. You can get the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever or, you listen to your podcasts. If you have a screen door, Anthony, that is, is broken, or you have a window that's not opening, do you know where you should be going? Hawthorne Glass. You should be going to Hawthorne Glass. Shout out, Angelo Rinaldi. Calling our man Angelo. That is right. Listen, it's the summertime, people. It is the summertime. When you want to let the dog out, you don't want that door to be stuck. When you want the kids to run straight to the pool and not run through the screen door and you want it to open smoothly, you need to call our man Angelo at Hawthorne Glass. 973-427-4344. He's the best in the glass industry, folks. I believe it's over three decades 
Anthony. Three. One, two, three. Maybe even Decades. closing on four Quattro. Decades of quality service. Don't want to age my father now, Andrew. Hey, ten percent off when you mention double A balls on the purchase. Hey, make it fifteen. Mention my name. Make it fifteen and mention Anthony double A balls at purchase at Hawthorne Glass. Listen, you know what that means. And before we get into our what do you got, we have to address something quickly. Brutal. We're really bad at the game that we created. We gotta stop this. We're stop, terrible. Stop the bleeding. We are terrible. Clayton Kershaw was not pitching that game, folks. Again, I apologize on Friday, Deb. I was misled by a very credible website and organization, I believe. And Cristiano Ronaldo was not playing for Juventus, who tied. So, and it so was he didn't get any shots on goal? No shots on goal. Uh, I said one. And Kershaw didn't get any strikeouts, no pitches. Nothing. I think I was actually closer. <laughs> No, 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 no. My guy's in the States. <laughs> my guy's on the bench at least during his yeah, game. Your guy, guy was 6,000 miles away on the beach of Barbados with his hot wife, you know, so living the dream. We're here to say sorry. We have, for the steered listeners that do listen, we have steered you wrong. So we're going to reset the boat here right now, okay? You're 22 and 18. All right. I'm 18 and 22. What we're doing when we say resetting the boat is we're going back to our guns here. Okay? That's it. We're strictly going to pick games to the diamond. that we know are going on. <laughs> you going to pick an MLS game, Andrew? Are you watching Toronto FC this weekend? What's going on? <laughs> so that's the first thing. And the second you see your boy, is, your boy, what's his face? Slatan Ibrahimovic had a hat trick. And we're going to make sure that the players are playing in those games. Okay? All right. So, double check the roster. A real stick to your guns pick for me this week, Anthony. So, I'm going to lead us off. Lead us off. Batten number one. Number one in your hearts, Andrew Romanella. All right. I'm going to take the Cubs versus the Pirates. It's on Wednesday night. It's a 7 p.m. start. And it is Cole Hamels as my what do you got performance this week. Wait, Texas isn't playing. Texas is not playing. Cole Hamels has been traded Trade to the Chicago out. Cubbies. Trade deadline. Oh my God. And that will be Cole Hamels' first start for the Cubbies. And I want to see if he's legit. That's the question I want to ask this week on what do you got. Is is Cole Hamels going to show up for the Cubs in arguably what could be his last run at a potential World Series title? And as we've been talking about windows being small, the Cubbies don't want to not keep striking while the iron's hot, so to speak, with the talent, the pitching staff, and the ability they have to possibly make a run in the NL this year. So I am taking Cubs-Pirates on Wednesday night, and I'm taking Cole Hamels as my performer this week. Mr. Rinaldi, a steadfast, stay true to yourself, what do you got, Pitt? I'm going to pick Sunday, the Masters. Oh. Um, Andrew, throwback Thursday? P- Pittsburgh playing pretty good baseball, Andrew. That's a good pick. I like that. Let's stick to the Diamond. Let's stick to the America squad, New York Yankees. They got an interesting, Andrew, and I'm going to say very important series starting Thursday. A four-game set. Against the Boston Red Sox big, in big, Fenway Park, big. five and a half games out. Give me New York Yankees, Bronx Bombers, CC Sabathia versus some dude named Saleh. I think he's French. <laughs> this is going to be an important game, Andrew. Because and you're taking CC. Give me CC. I listen. I have a four game set. I could go. Listen, they have the. On, I think on Saturday is the matchup of the trades. It's J.A. Happ versus Nathan Ovaldi. That could be an interesting game to watch as well. But I want to see my man CeCe, who earned his pinstripes in 2009. 
I want to see that man go into Fenway, a game we're probably going to be dogs in, heavy dogs, especially because we lost somebody about number 99. He's out for a long time. I want to see the Yankees go in to Fenway and take it. CC, lefties. Boston can't hit lefties as good as they hit, obviously, the righties. So I'm going Yankees. Give me CC, six and two-thirds, five Ks, two walks, two or, two, two or three run ball, and the Yankees are right in this game, Andrew. People forget, one, A, how much experience in the playoffs CC Sabathia has. Workhorse. And B, how long he's been a New York Yankee for. I don't think people remember that CC Sabathia like four or five, wasn't it? was key in winning the 2009 World Series. I think he was there like six. 2006, I think he came. Well, he, well, I or no, was he eight? Was, he was traded know. from... People, I'm guessing, people. What was it? The Indians, Indians. to the Brewers. To the Brewers. And the Brewers... Ruined his arm. They, I mean, they did. He he pitched every every they, every time he could. He pitched three games in a row. I believe. Yep, absolutely. And and that was I mean really that was school. the last time old you probably school. saw the Brewers in the old playoffs. School. Bumgarner, like Bumgarner, the Giants that with Bumgarner right. Every third game he was yep. out there. Yep. That's and, lefties. And then he South then he signed with the Yankees right I after. I make that. my son throw everything lefty. Yeah. I tie his right arm behind his back. Well, remember, if he's not going to be tall, you're really hamstringing him. Mm. Because if he's left-handed, he can only play five positions on the field. Listen, left-handed. Maybe I'll feed him a lot, make him a big old lineman, get him, get him some uh, sumo training. Get His old linemen are making gobs of money, Andrew. Get him to like eighty-five or eighty-six miles per hour. Let's say throwing junk. Let the fastball run. Yeah, and then get get some off-speed pitches, and he'll be fine. Listen, I've seen small guys throw hard. Look at what's his um, Dallas Keuchel. He's not a big fella. He's just, I think he's five foot nine. Marcus Stroman, same thing. Throw, throw, he, Marcus Stroman, Chris Archer, man, Chris Archer. Might I mean, trade. not a, I'm not a pitcher, obviously, but Jose Altuve. I mean, you respect for him. You see, interesting. I like fact, all those third baseman shortstops. Dudes got pandas. Jose Altuve, first time in his career. DL, huh? Yep. That's mm. insane. What was Houston doing? That, signing Osuna. That's I, I, I closer. I so, mean, okay, so I want to get into that. Okay, so obviously those I just are heard that. those are our what do you got picks sponsored by Hawthorne Glass. I got Cubs, Pirates, Wednesday, Cole Hamels. Anthony has Yankees versus Sox. Sox. And that is going to be taking Cox, CC my car next to the bar. Okay. So Houston trades for a relief pitcher, Roberto Osuna, from the Blue Jays. They send over their number 23 and their number 10 overall prospects. The number 23 overall prospect was the top overall, number three overall prospect last year, but was suspended 80 games for PED. So a lot of suspensions in this trade, okay? Mm-hmm. And I agree, because it's an interesting move for Houston, who did not get the reliever that they probably wanted to this point. And with the trade deadline less than, a, less than you know, 12 hours away, at this point in time, they needed to make a move. So they made a move on Monday, and they got Roberto Osuna, who is still suspended... A part of his 75-game suspension for domestic violence at the beginning of the year. And what's mm-hmm. interesting about that is not the just the domestic violence side of things. Because no matter who you are or what team you're playing for, that's an issue. But the other side of it is, one, is he going to be ready to come out and get big outs for you? And two, how will he be received by his new teammates? I know he was kind of a closer with Toronto. He's kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, watching the NL, in, in, in the AL East. A lot of good teams. Yeah, he, he really didn't have the stuff, but he's, I think he's like 24, 25. His kids obviously got a future. They tried the Ken Giles project. That didn't work. I believe they either. They traded him to the Jays. Oh, they traded the trade. In the deal, Ken Giles goes to the Jays. Oh, okay, there you go. See? 
So he's coming off a 75-game suspension. And Justin Verlander and I believe it was Lance McCullers, if, I, if I'm correct on that, had some pretty harsh comments at the beginning of the year when one of their prospects who was suspended for domestic violence had done something. Yeah, it was Lance McCullers. They had some interesting comments. This is what Verlander said at the beginning of the year on the domestic violence incident with a guy in the organization for the Houston Astros who was then dropped from the organization. Middle finger to you, man, Verlander tweeted, and that's the middle finger emoji, you, man. I hope the rest of your life without baseball is horrible. You deserve all that is coming your way. And McCullers writes, that is the reality of domestic violence. It's always brutal, always sickening. We must fight for the victims. Video or not, he should be in jail. If you need help, find it. People care. Those are some pretty harsh comments for teammates of an organization that just traded for a guy that's coming off a suspension for domestic violence. Yeah, that's going to be a nice nice hard sell for the Houston uh, ownership there. Uh, I mean, listen, after you win a title, you can do what you want. You know, you're the big dog on the block. They'll they'll still sell out. They'll still sell it to their fans. Um, I'm not really sure what happened with the uh, the case. I, I wasn't uh, you know in detail what what went on there. Obviously, when it, when you bring it up, like uh, McCullers said, you don't need to have a video evidence. If, if in fact it was brought up, uh, you know what? It's just there's just not there's there's no words to describe what what you can do. And like I said, I don't know how Houston's going to sell it. I don't understand the move. Just because everybody else is making moves, you decide to make a move up for a closer. I get it. You need a closer. You need bullpen help. But, you know, good luck selling that. I mean, I'm sure Verlander and McCullers, I'm sure the reporters, if they do their job, will go back now and try to get a better answer or at least an elaboration now that they have to welcome this guy in with uh, open arms, per se. And and that's a good point, and I agree. And the organization did come out and say they did their due diligence on him. And I believe they would before they make a move like that. Well, And then your Yankees also have been making news a lot recently, recently with some of the trades they made. They acquired Lance Lynn from the Twins, and, mm. and that was the big one Mind for scratcher. me. They sent Tyler Austin, one of the two prospects, to the Twins. They also got rid of Adam Warren and got some international pool money. They've acquired $3.7 million in international pool money or somewhere in that range in the few trades they made. But the Lance Lynn one's the most interesting to me. And and I'm curious to why. And I'm also curious to if that's going to be a good move for the Yankees and how. Because I also like Tyler Austin and was excited to see if he could develop into something. Unfortunately, Tyler Austin just, I mean, couldn't find a, couldn't find the field. And when he did, I mean, I think he was, you know, I wouldn't say inconsistent at best, Andrew. He saw some potential there. He saw the hustle. He saw his ability. But the international cash, was I mean, obviously the relievers, we picked up Zach Burton. And, you know, we got rid of Trayson Shreve. So lefty's got to go. Bullpen is rock solid for the Yanks. We had too many arms. We landed a Cuban stud, Andrew. He's 16 years old. I just buddy of mine texted me this in the fantasy baseball. I want, I want to get his name for you. His name is Rodriguez. I don't know. He's he's, a, he's 16 years old. Touches 96 miles an hour. Cuban stud. Can't wait to see them in about 10 years. And that's how they retool the organization. That's the struggle man. with baseball, man. Picking up 16 year olds. They 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 spend this. They send these prospects to get guys that are major league ready to help the team win now. 
receive this international money back and then go sign these young international guys that can help build up their organization keep replenishing the prospects in the organization. And you don't have to wait for all of your draft picks to finally develop sometimes because you can go get these international players that are probably younger, way longer controllable, probably a lot cheaper, and guys that actually might end up panning out a little bit quicker than some of the guys you might get at a high school now. I think the big trend going right now is getting the college baseball player and getting the college baseball guy in and drafting a three-year guy out of college because there's just so much more maturity. You could probably get through the minor leagues a little bit more. Um, but that's a whole that's a conversation for a whole nother debate. And, you know, the Yankees are just using and manipulating the prospects that they have in their farm system to their advantage right now. And I, I think I, I think it I think it's absolutely great. Now the question becomes, Anthony, was it enough? Is anything else going to happen in the last few hours of this trade deadline? Or, or have we probably heard everything we're going to hear? I think it's going to be all quiet in the New York metro area. Mets next, too, huh? Mets next 12, 14 hours. Yeah, I mean, listen, maybe Cabrera, did he go? Did yep. they trade him? Cabrera's they, gone. They trade him? Cabrera's gone. I mean, who else are you going to trade? Anybody going to bite on Bruce? He's, he's injured, no. I mean, you're not going to trade Nimmo. He's, he, he's a rise. He's... Conforto, you know, I got to trust the only him. Person that's really Maybe out I mean there Zach Wheeler's. He's been he's been pitching well though. Do you really, it's like do you want to get rid of him? But they're probably asking for too much. Anyways. Exactly. You do, you know the Yankees. Who I would like to see the Yankees kind of do. I would like the Yankees. I don't know what it would say to this young fella, but what if the Yankees went out and signed a JT Real Muto? Yeah, I think that's out of great Miami. Move. Get a catcher. Yeah, trade for him. Right. I mean, listen, Miami's willing to get prospects. You've seen them kind of make that dump. You know, obviously the Yankees know the. I mean, the Marlins know the Yankees farm system pretty well. I love Derek Jeter. I don't know what that would do to to Roma. I mean, obviously Roma is a stud backup. I don't know what Gary. I don't know what that would do to Gary Sanchez. You know, his 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 demeanor, his his love for the game. Because you see, right now he needs to be pressed. He doesn't have. He has a natural ability, and that's what makes him so damn good. But he has to be pressed and kind of not yelled at but scolded to play hard, which is kind of annoying when you're making I mean he's only making a few hundred thousand dollars. He's still on that young, young, you know, baseball salary, which makes it all the better for the Yankees to stay under that luxury tax, which yeah. is always a question. They'd have JT Realmuto, I think, for another year or two as well, which would make the Sanchez thing would that make Sanchez vulnerable for trade or what have you. Um but again I don't think the Yankees make that move. I think Cashman loves Gary Sanchez. Obviously you've seen when he, when he's on fire, Gary is Obviously, going to bang you 35-plus home runs, drive in 120-plus RBI. And from that position, it doesn't happen every day, Andrew. So you take the good with the bad this year, and uh, we go from there. So I don't think you'll see much. I, see, I can see Boston adding an, another arm uh, out of there in the hunt uh, for another arm. Obviously, they're best team in baseball right now, hands down with their that lineup is just so solid. If they stay healthy, Andrew, that is one tough lineup to navigate. And including... I hear Rabble Warfield Devers went down. But. And including Adam Warren from the Yankees, the Seattle Mariners also added Zach Duke from the Minnesota Twins. Zach Duke still plays baseball. So, I mean, is it... Again, are they wow moves? No, but it's another team that's in contention, that's winning a lot of baseball games, that's making moves for, for relievers. If you, the names we keep hearing, the Yankees... The Brewers, Cubs, Brewers, the Brewers, Diamondbacks, the Red Sox, they're all in the, the Diamondbacks, the Astros, the Dodgers. I mean, the seven or or eight probably. We've heard the Nationals, and that's the last thing, right? What do you do? Because at this point, you're probably not trading anybody. This is probably your last shot 
with a Harper, with a Murphy, with a Strasburg who's now on the DL, with a Scherzer, with kind of that older core of guys that they've had for a while that hasn't, hurt, closers hurt. that hasn't really done anything. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year, but the interesting debate moving into this trade deadline that's clearly probably not going to happen is Bryce Harper being traded because if you're just going to leave him, lose him, excuse me, in the offseason and get nothing back for him, and he's going to leave your organization anyways, why wouldn't you have had somebody back the brink truck of prospects up to the Washington Nationals ballpark and said, take whoever you want because we're about to win a World Series with Bryce Harper? Get to use my favorite verb, Andrew. Nationals are going to get Jonathan Tavares. That's it. I think, I mean, listen, Harper, did a, you saw him all geeked, you know, geeked up after the home run derby, his hometown controversial home run derby win. I, I mean, what do you do? If, like you said, Washington, this is it. They're what, a game under 500? They're six or seven games out of uh, chasing the Phillies right now and the Braves. Do you trade off you Bryce Harper? I mean, I don't know if teams are willing to, to unload the bank to get a guy, unless you're the Yankees or the Dodgers, maybe the Angels. I don't think the Angels were in it money-wise. I don't think anyone's going to pay this man. He's asking $400 million. I don't think that's going to happen when he's batting two fifteen, whatever it is. No, this year has been terrible for him in terms I of could, the free agent market. I think he'll get anywhere in like the 20 to 25 range a year, which obviously, you know, God, you know, God, you know good for you. Make your money. Can't blame him. But I, I think the $300 million contract is slowly but surely flying out the window. I agree, 100%. And I think this whole year has really hurt Bryce Harper. Can it move? Can it jump forward for him if he has a good 60 games to finish the year? Yeah, absolutely. It's not about the numbers at this point anymore because his home run numbers are going to be all right. His RBI total is probably going to be all right. But every other number is most likely going to be down for him this year. So it's not really about the numbers anymore as much as the perception. Can you get back to the perception of Bryce Harper and Mike Trout are the best players in baseball, or is it right now? Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, and there's actually a bunch of guys not named Bryce Harper that are probably falling in line right behind him before you get to Bryce Harper's name. And that hasn't been like that in the last two or three years. And that is when we started having the conversation about Bryce Harper getting $400 million. Well, that conversation has shifted dramatically, and it hasn't started with his decline. It started with him... Him and his team's inability to win in the playoffs. No one, you've never been able to win in the playoffs. I understand that in baseball more so than anything else. You can't win if the people around you are terrible. You can be the best player on the field. You could hit 900 and your team could still go 20 That'll get you Hall of Fame. and 142. Right. You're 20 and 142 because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're doing because other eight guys have to be able to produce. But that has followed Bryce Harper around. He has been a roller coaster in his career. This isn't the first time he's taken a dramatic dip in his career where one year's has been really, really bad. He's had injury-plagued years as well. And again, on top of that, they haven't won. So there's a lot stacked up against him, and he's having a bad walk year. It's just, it, I don't think it's looking very good in terms of him being able to demand as much as he wanted to demand. You know, good good, good for the Nationals not to jump the gun there and uh, you know put the cart before the horse and pay him and you know, give him an ungodly extension like they had mentioned. Uh, I mean, listen, his batting average is as low as it is. The dude still mashes the ball. He's the heart and soul of the Washington National Organization. I think he came up that when he was 17, right? He was, he was that young guy on the cover of East Bend Magazine. 
Mike Trout quietly has been doing, you know, put up the numbers, being the best player, you know, being the Mickey Mantle of, of our era. Uh, I watched a nice ESPN 30, uh, 60, E60 of Mike Trout. Great. Uh, those things are fantastic. And, and Shout it, out South Jersey. That's right. And you can tell. I mean, listen, he's just he's just a quiet, humble kid from South Jersey. You know, Bryce Harper, He's he, he was the name. He was supposed to be the future of MLB. He, he did have Very a, LeBron James-esque. He did have quite the run. I believe it wasn't, it was, I think it was last year we, he, I think, batted close to 285. You know, he put up 40-plus home runs. I mean, listen, kid's still young. He's 25, 26 years old. He's been in how many All-Star games? Give him a new contract. I think you're going to give him a new, you know, a, a new ballpark to play in to revitalize him. And I think you'll see Bryce Harper earn earn that, earn that contract. But it's not going to be $300 million. It might be like Mike's. I just go old school A-Rod. What was that, 275? Yeah. Because I was wondering if it's going to be Giancarlo Stanton. Not going to be a 10-year I think you'll see players of GMs have slowly realized, kind of like in football, let's not give the long, drawn-out contracts. Let's work on the three- to five-year windows. I think he's going to be six years. Six years. With an option. 180, 30 million a year? I mean, listen, it's not a sneeze at. Six, six, I think he's six with an option for seven. Five. Give him five. Five for after six. But I don't think he's going to take that. Well, that's what you're getting. That's what you're getting, son. Someone will give it to him. That's where I go think. Go play in Toronto. He has the, or San Diego. You can, you can go out there. Oh, 85 and sunny year round. Well, listen, we're going to keep the baseball conversation going on our Friday morning, Dad, because there's a topic we've wanted to get to for a while now, and it's about the Hall of Fame. And on Sunday, Cooperstown. six fantastic Hall of Famers were inducted. That was Jack Morris, Alan Trammell, Vladimir Guerrero, Chipper Jones, Jim Tomey, and Trevor Hoffman. Arguably one of my favorite Hall of Fame classes of all time. So, we are going to get into that on Friday, Anthony. And we want the people to tune in because, as you heard on our previous Friday dab, I'm a little heated about Barry Bonds. Next year is his and Roger Clemens' seventh year on the ballot. Big year for them. The debate still continues. Andy Pettit, first year on the ballot next year. Mariano Rivera as well and a few other big names. So I want Steroid user Andy Pettit. Yes. So I want to get into that on Friday because I have some opinions on the MLB Hall of Fame. Oh, talk about a teaser. Andrew, you got me. The juice is flowing. I can't wait to hear you fired up. On MLB talk, because I know if it's anything like your Barry Bonds talk, you're going to be gassed. Andrew, I have plenty of notes on your Hall of Fame, so I'll be ready for you Friday morning. Beautiful. I'm excited. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we remind you that the Double A Balls podcast is presented by Dig Me Nation. Head over to digmenation.com. Get the hats, get the shirts, get the hoodies, get the gear. Check it out in Bloomingdale's. In Tilly's and in Lids, digmenation.com. From the Digme Dab Studios, I am your host, Andrew Romanella. My partner is Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, tell your friends, tell your friends. Subscribe, download, give us the likes, hit us up on the social media, DM us. You know, my man's putting up crazy posts. Ask some questions, give him some answers. We want to talk to you people. Somebody call us. We want some friends. We need some listens. We need some more followers, people. Let's go. Let's make this interesting. Andrew, take me out of here. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, D-A-A-B Podcast dot
www.thedoubleaboss.com. We are the Double A Balls Podcast. Check back in with us on Friday for the Friday morning dab, and we are 